You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. So, Matt, like, we had to basically kind of focus on the game itself since everything this week has been about everything but the next game, the New York Jets. I haven't thought about the Jets once this week. And this is going to be the first time that I do because all everything this week was Ken Dorsey, was Joe Brady, was all of the turmoil happening at one Bills drive. I forgot that they had a game. And then somebody asked me on Thursday when I was heading to the game. And I said, I don't know, like normal nine o'clock. And they're like, well, it's a four o'clock game. And I was like, oh, it is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Four twenty five. That's that snuck that snuck up on me and slapped me in the face. So yeah, not only did I not really think about the Jets, I didn't even really think about when the game was happening. Well, the game is happening Sunday at four o'clock. And to help us break down the New York Jets, um, our guy, my guy, Boy Green, Paul Esden. And um, you know, boy, he did this guy, he does a great job. He's always grinding, talking about the Jets. He's got his own podcast on the radio. Paul, I'll let you tell everybody kind of where they can find you to talk about the Jets to give you your credibility there. But we know you know you love your Jets, and we're going to talk about them with you. Go ahead, buddy, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. This is awesome. So, yeah, do Sports Talk Radio in Syracuse, New York, uh, Sal's old stomping grounds. And uh, so do a little bit of that and also cover the New York Jets for Heavy.com. And then I'm everywhere, just at Boy Green 25 Branding, baby. Yes, sir. So you can find Boy me. Boy Green. You know, you yes, know you're know, you a big Jets fan. Your name is Boy Green, Matthew. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, credit the man-child, my radio partner, for that nickname like uh, eight or nine years ago. And then it's uh, it's been stuck with me attached at the hip ever since. Well, I'll start with this. Paul, that you know, we have a lot going on here in Buffalo with the, with the firings and everything. You guys have had a really incredibly tumultuous season on your own right there in New York. Mm-hmm. The Jets have. Yeah. Um, the how do you think that the team has navigated through to this point since Week One when we were all there on Monday night and saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers? 
And it was complicated even in the same night because the the air went out of the stadium yeah. for the briefest of moments when Aaron Rodgers goes down because it, there's a sense of disbelief, but almost in in Jets land belief that, you know, always the other shoes going to drop. So, you know, for that to happen and Zach Wilson to be thrust in there when he wasn't supposed to play all season, that was uh there was a loss for words, but credit the coaching staff for rallying the Jets in that wild moment in prime time and everything else. And they ultimately, you know, uh, rallied the troops, get the win in the moment. But then I think everyone thought that even though they won the battle, quote unquote, the war may be lost for the rest of the season with all these crazy playoff aspirations and for some uh, even greater than that. And then they get punched in the mouth. Dallas, I was at that game. Oh, boy, they, they got obliterated there. And that was really once they kind of collected their teeth off the off the ground from uh, week two, they lost again to uh, the New England Patriots in week three. And then that's when they went on the uh, um after the Chiefs game as well, the three-game uh, winning streak, a little found a little moxie. So I think that's where they really recovered, which is kind of weird because it was a loss. But in week four, Sunday night football, Zach Wilson on the threat of, oh, boy, we probably got to bench this guy. He found something in that Chiefs game, which they carried, like I said, after that game into a three-game winning streak. Normally not moral cookies in the NFL, but the Jets seemingly found something there, and the coaching staff kept pointing to that Chiefs game that they found something. But then most uh, recently of late, they've lost two in a row when the division looks like potentially Right for the picking. The Jets lost two critical games in primetime on Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football, respectively, to the Chargers and Raiders. So now they're kind of, you know, it's a boxing match. They got jabbed in the face a little. Their body's rocking a little. And now we're trying to see, uh, you know, are they falling to the canvas? Or are they going to gather themselves here? Paul, Sal and I were actually recording a podcast during that Sunday Night Football game when Zach Wilson looked good. It was funny. Yeah. I saw a tweet. I think it was from Big Cat from part of my take, and he was like, mm -hmm. Taylor Swift might think that Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in the world right now <laughs> if this is the first football game she's ever seen, and she's there to yeah. watch Travis Kelsey. So yeah. there was that stretch of the season, and mm -hmm. then I watched the Raiders game, and I watched the Chargers game, and mm -hmm. he looked lost. So – what has been the overall kind of big picture on Zach Wilson since he kind of got thrust into this position that nobody thought this year he was going to get thrust into? Basically, Zach Wilson with you know, within reason is the same exact guy that he's always been, you know, the, the chiefs game was perhaps, you know, one of his better games. And even the Raiders game, quite frankly, up until the uh, backbreaking interception at the end of the game was playing one of his better games, but it's more so mm, that's not a great thing to say based on when you look at the numbers and everything. So it was good for Zach Wilson, maybe not good at the same standard uh, for somebody else. So he, the thing that he got over, which is, uh, you know, good for passable offenses last year, he had the yips. He couldn't, complete short passes he was skipping rocks across the pond so he overcame whatever that was over the offseason with a uh, a lot of brand new offensive members of the coaching staff with Todd Downing and Nathaniel Hack and all these different guys working with him. There's a few uh, holdovers like Rob Calabrese and others that really worked on his footwork and got all that figured out. So at least that's good. But the problem is he's the quarterback of an offense uh, that hasn't scored a touchdown over three weeks. So ultimately it falls down on him. We can nitpick this. Well, he barely stepped out of bounds in the Raiders game. They scored two touchdowns in a row, but both of them were called back. It is what it is. It's results oriented business. And he's the quarterback of a team that's not scoring points offensively. They're averaging 10.3 points per game over the last three weeks has last in the NFL. Well, you do have a couple of really big playmakers. The Bills saw, obviously, what Garrett Wilson could do uh, Monday night and that nice catch he had, but also, of course, Brees Hall and what he did week one coming right back after that injury last year. Where do those guys stand in you know, the, the landscape of the offense, given the fact that they really 
can't score points, but you still have two big playmakers there. In fact, I think I read that Garrett Wilson did the players only meeting thing that the Bills had last week here with Latavius Murray calling it. Yeah, it it, it uh, they, they did. They rallied the troops and they thought that they needed to hold themselves accountable and figure out what the hell is going on here. Because, again, a, a level of unacceptability is basically uh, what they were sharing with each other. It's weird. You would think with the quarterback situation, you know, struggling, that Garrett Wilson also would have fallen down struggling. And then Brees Hall maybe would be in a better position. But Brees Hall actually has been struggling uh, over the last four games to get going. Uh, there's something going on with both offensive line wise and him. It's almost like Nathaniel Hackett's been running him in obvious running situations where he's getting eaten up in the backfield. And I think that may be affecting, affecting his moxie a little and frustration of not being able to break off those big runs because that's obviously uh, a massive part of his game. Garrett Wilson, on the other hand, has been getting 100 yards every week over that same span. So they've been finding ways to get him the ball. Uh, you know, the players meeting only happened this past week uh, after the Raiders game, but it almost seemed like it happened a couple of weeks ago because the Jets offense said, OK, let's just start getting uh, Garrett Wilson the ball. Almost the Aaron Rodgers kind of stuff. Snap the ball, immediately throw it over to him, see if he can make a play and do those kind of things. So he's been a point of emphasis uh, to get the football. And the Jets have been trying to do that a little bit more with Brees Hall in the passing game with him struggling in the running game. So Brees Hall struggling right now, running the football, They're doing OK, catching the football. They want to do that a little bit more. So of those pony packages we saw last year. You get Dalvin and Brees or Izzy, uh, who's going to replace Michael Carter, who was cut earlier this week for the Jets. Izzy Abaniconda is going to uh, make his debut, his NFL debut against the Buffalo Bills. He's a rookie out of Pittsburgh. So they're going to try to do a little bit of those uh, two backs on the field at the same time to create some potential confusion on defense. Do you think Aaron Rodgers plays again at any point this season? And part B is why is he lying to everybody? Because I don't think he's going to play at all this season. <laughs> it's so funny because like, you know, when he goes down and then we get the reports from everybody, you know, the it's only like, it's over. Like we're all understood our brains are like Achilles season yeah. over. And in some sense, even a, a bunch of years ago, that was a career ender. Kobe had it uh, at the end of his career. We thought, Oh boy, Achilles, that's an impossible thing. Uh, yeah. basically to come back from. And then Aaron Rodgers at 39 years of age, you're like, oh, it's over. And then he talks about this new surgery and, <laughs> and a new protocol that, you know, we've built him stronger, faster, bigger. And we're like, whoa, okay, uh, all right. And we're getting these, and it's unique because he's doing the Pat McAfee interviews, right? So we're getting yeah. these weird updates every week. Yeah, I'm using about 60% of my body weight on the machines. I'm doing this. And we're, we're getting all these updates. We're like, no, yes, no. That one gif of that lady, mm, mm. Uh, well, eh, uh. so yeah, that's basically it. I, I, I have a level of disbelief, but every passing week that he apparently is doing more, you know, and then obviously he's doing the, you know, the sexy throwing sessions before games. All the cameras are there. That's really revving people up. So I don't know. There's a weird low level of belief with uh, fans and even the Jets building, the way they're answering things publicly, they are really leaving the door open. Like, you know, if Aaron's healthy enough to play, he'll play. It's just, wow, it's just bizarre how they're handling it. So it makes it seem like it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Boy Green, Boy Green with us here, and it's always game day in Buffalo. He's got his own uh, podcast. And it was the video cast podcast. You do it every day. That's morning. correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, you're you're grinding all the time. But I know you got to do that. So um, let's take a uh, let's take a moment to talk about the defense here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast, it's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Paul, so before we get you out of here, let's um, shift gears, talk about the defense, because obviously that's where the Jets are still very strong, great players, scheme. They're keeping them in games. They're allowing them to maybe have a chance on offense. What what has been the strength of the defense to be able to do that? And if you say everything, that's great, but really, where is this team um, really making sure that they can stay in games against the opponent? You guys know this intimately well. It's uh, creating turnovers. The Jets defense did that early in the season in 2022, and then it fell off, and they were in the bottom of the league as it uh, pertained to creating turnovers. This year, they've been incredibly high. Now, that's not something, in theory, you could count on on a week-to-week basis, but somehow uh, in the Jets' wins, they are creating a ton of turnovers. Against the Bills in the week one season opener, there was four. Uh, the Eagles, there was four. So when they're And they're doing it in bunches. It's so much a rain-poor situation, which been happening this season so that's really been the secret sauce of providing short fields for this offense and seeing what they can do the Jets have only scored on defense once this season that was the uh, week five uh, Denver Broncos matchup that was a scoop and score at the end against uh, Russell Wilson but you know creating pressure of course with the front four and then waiting for the uh, you know the opposing quarterback to make a mistake and then start seeing ghost and not thinking what he thinks he's seeing and the sense of pressure that's uh, able uh, to develop with only a four-man rush they don't blitz very often every once in a while those and Quincy screaming. He's a, He's been a pro bowler this season. He's been spectacular, his uh, evolution and development. But it's really turnovers and then, of course, uh, creating that pressure. And they've been able to do that uh, with that front four all season. And, and they just rotate. And Jermaine Johnson's having a hell of a year. Bryce Huff is perhaps one of the best edge rushers in all football. Quinnen, from a sack perspective, uh, has been uh, missing MIA out of action. But according to all the pressure rates and those kinds of uh, – analytical numbers he's doing as better as good as he was uh, last season if not better Paul when I sit there I was in the press box week one when Rodgers goes down and you're like okay well I think this changes the outlook for sure of this season but it makes me start to think about the long term too we all know how great the Jets defense is now what about next year and moving forward when eventually you do have a quarterback in there who's probably more competitive and can win you games like is the core of this group still very young and something that we could see lead to success long term 
Yes, quite frankly. So you have still uh, Jermaine Johnson on his rookie deal. Quinnen was just signed to the massive deal of uh, this offseason. Bryce Huff's going to be the big one on a on a Jets decision. He is a he was a restricted free agent, played on the uh, one year deal for four point three million uh, this season, and he's continuing to play on it through the rest of twenty twenty three. But man, how much they pay him will be interesting because his sack numbers aren't insane, but again, the pressure and analytical numbers are really high. So how do the Jets judge that? Because uh, Bryce Huff and his agent are certainly going to be seeking the bag this offseason and pass rushers always get paid. So he's one that they're going to have to make a decision on. But the rest of the secondary, Sauce is uh, still on his rookie deal. DJ Reed is still in the middle of his uh, three-year deal that he signed. There might be a little volatility from the safety position. Jordan Whitehead's a penning free agent. CJ Mosley's getting older, but Quincy Williams has also signed this offseason. So yeah, kind of skipping around the entire board. The core is is uh, completely intact uh, for the New York Jets outside of Bryce Huff, which is a decision uh, they're going to have to make. And uh, yeah. Well, Paul, I have a question about this year's team that I want to piggyback on what Matt just asked you. Sure. I look at the numbers on the rush defense. Mm -hmm. Is it just because teams aren't being aggressive with them because they're trying to play kind of, hey, we don't have to really do that against the Jets because it's not good. They're ranked 22nd in the league in yards per play against and 31st in yards per game against on the ground. Yeah, I honestly think, you know, I don't know if there's a, a number to prove this, but I think they say Zach Wilson's on the other side. Right. Like, right. let's just let's play. Let's almost it's uh, three yards in a cloud of dust and, and right. force it back to the kid and he's going to make a mistake. I so I think that's more so than some, you know, crazy, leaky run defense. I think that's more so what's happening. Maybe in a different situation. Again, Aaron Rodgers never gets hurt. And you're potentially playing with leads here and you have to operate completely differently. I think. You know, honestly, like I said, I don't know if there's a number to prove this. Maybe it's just a, a thing we're all thinking, watching it. That's how I think other teams are approaching the Jets. So why wouldn't they? Zach Wilson, historically speaking, and even this season, as far as that goes, he's fumbled like eight times in four games. So the, the fumbles are there, even if the interceptions aren't. So he's uh, constantly uh, turning the ball over, which I imagine other teams are like, they'll shoot themselves in the foot. And that's exactly what the Jets have done uh, for the majority of the season. All right, and then as far as next year is concerned, there's no way that Woody Johnson would pull the shoot on Joe Douglas and Robert Sala after losing Aaron Rodgers, right? Or is that possible because maybe they didn't plan well enough for the backup quarterback? Or, hey, they've given you three years and it's just not right where we need it. We need a new voice. I think he can never say never. So I think the only way is some epic collapse. So oh, the Jets are four and five right now. If they're, I don't know, you know, uh, five and twelve, or you know, uh, six and a, you know, uh, six right. and thirteen, or whatever that would be. Like you know, if they're that, that's where Woody Johnson could say, okay, I've had enough. The Jets are on this, uh, you know, the active NFL's most active, longest uh, playoff drought, and all those kind of things. But in general, I think the entire group sold Aaron Rodgers on coming to the Jets. Robert yeah. Sala. Nathaniel Hackett, and obviously this entire group, Joe Douglas, the general manager. So they all flew to California and sold Aaron Rodgers on the vision for Woody or anyone to mess around with any part of that picture. That could make Aaron Rodgers go, mm, that's not what I signed up for. And then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. So this is, you know, this is Aaron Rodgers' kingdom, and we're all sitting on the iron throne of Aaron Rodgers, and uh, we just have to, you know, listen and answer all of those things that are included. So I think there's a very small percent chance because, again, anything can happen, of course. But, no, I, I would be surprised if anything of significance uh, gets altered uh, from now till next season. What is the realistic outlook for the remainder of the season? I know every fan would say we want to win every game and hey, who knows? Maybe we could like sneak into the playoffs. But what's like the if we see this, we'll feel good heading into the offseason as we kind of try and do this thing all over again next year? 
Yeah, to your point, I mean, you know, Zach Wilson is the backup quarterback. It's hard to remember that because it happened all the way in week one because he's just viewed as the starter. But if you view it from the lens of he's the backup quarterback and wasn't supposed to play, maybe you can alter expectations, but it's hard for uh, the fan base. It's hard for, you know, the coaching staff continues to trot out. Not that I expect anything differently. Like, hey, we still have all the same goals that we had before, but obviously that's not uh, very realistic. But I'll I'll be honest, right now there's – you know, uh, the Jim Carrey, are you saying there's a chance with everyone? You know, I think they shared it last night on Thursday night. The AFC East <laughs> over the last two weeks are 0 and 7. I went, what? Mm. How is that even possible? And uh, so, you know, with the Jets' next two games, they have the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, which is incredibly challenging. Then the short week Miami game, the first Black Friday game ever. In theory, in a very weird way, you look at the division standings and look what the Jets have, uh, you know. It's kind of there, despite them shooting themselves in the foot and losing these two uh, winnable games against the Raiders and Chargers. So there's a a weird, small, murmuring belief of that Jim Carrey in the back of their mind saying, is there a chance we could do something here? Because they keep saying they're close on offense, and the defense has been spectacular. So if they really are close, there was 7 of 16 on third down against the Raiders. They had been horrible to this point, the worst third down conversion rate since 1978 this entire season, 45 years. I mean, it's terrible. So if that is a real breadcrumb that they can build on, maybe there is a chance that they can uh, try to make some noise with defense and in just this particular year where everyone is coming down to the means. At Boy Green 25, Paul Esden Jr. does a great job covering the Jets, talking about the Jets every day. I know you got your podcast, so you got to run. We're going to let you do that. He is on the, the radio in Syracuse, the Man Child Show, score 1260, and also heavy on sports, right? That's uh, what's yes, the sir. name of the podcast? Yeah, the podcast is well because I'm an egotistical maniac. Boy Green Daily, every day it. at 730, baby. Yes, sir. Mm. All right. Well, you got that to go. Hey, we, we appreciate your time. It's Thank early you, Paul. morning we're recording this so everybody knows. And Paul was gracious enough to uh, take time away from uh, his beautiful family and right before his podcast. So thanks, brother. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's always game day in Buffalo, baby. Yes. Yeah, right, you right, got right. It. Let's go. You got it. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> thanks, Paul. Yeah. All right. We're, we're, we're going to let ya. Paul go. And let's talk about the uh, rest of the league this week, Matthew. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball has been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so, boy, big news on Thursday night. Matt, I was at an event in Rochester. I was uh, Mm -hmm. emceeing for a a charity event, and I was keeping up with the score. I had no idea. I get in my car, third quarter, and I hear Joe Burrow's been out, and I'm thinking, what is going on? Then I see the video later. Boy, the Bengals are in a spot. And all of a sudden, with Burrow and with Watson, we are having a different conversation right now about the AFC and the playoff picture than we were just four or five days ago. Uh, yeah, as I was watching that game unfold last night and Burrow goes down and you don't know what's going to happen there. And then Deshaun Watson is going to miss the remainder of the season. You don't know what's going to happen there. And then Mark Andrews gets hurt for the Ravens and it looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season. So their top weapon offensively besides Lamar, he's now yeah. out of the picture. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, like Paul just said, so you're telling me there's a chance like I would have right. said adamantly. 10 is the baseline for wins for the Bills. Like, if you do not get more than 10 wins, you have no chance because your AFC record is so shot. 
Now I'm starting to think, well, what if you get nine? Maybe there's a little bit of a chance. Maybe there's an outside chance, depending on which teams you're ultimately going to win those extra four games against. Obviously, the ceiling should be higher. You should be still trying to say, sure. okay, we can go win 10. We can go win 11. We can win all of our games but one or something like that. But yeah, I mean, the outlook looks different because Zach Taylor says after the game that it might be a sprain for Joe Burrow, but yeah. Zach Taylor historically is terrible with injury updates. And I don't know. I watched him try and throw a football on camera, and it looked really bad. So that does not look like a pain tolerance thing. That looks like a just an inability to do it in the short term. And they're in the same spot. They're five and five. They don't have a lot of wiggle room. So I wonder if this is going to be something that's a couple weeks. I don't even think what's the, what's the reward of putting him back out there. If this was the bills, I thought about this last night. If this was the bills and Josh Allen got injured. I don't think there's any chance he plays the rest of the season. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I don't, oh, I don't know about that. It, it would depend on how bad like, it really is. I mean, he like might only he, have a, he, they do have 10 days before their next game. Like if he does have a, just a sprained wrist, but it is a throwing I, wrist. I, I understand I'm, what you're saying, but I'm saying like, I'm saying like, if you were going to miss a couple games, like if, <clears throat> if let's say Burrow misses three games, like if Josh was going to miss three games and they go one and two in those games, right. You're, then not you might bringing, shut him down. you're not bringing that guy back when you're six and eight and you're not making the playoffs to just like, hey, we watched a play hurt at the beginning of the season. Let's do it again and see if we can win out and get to nine and eight. Like, I just don't see that happening. You have to protect your asset. You need to protect your player from themselves. But the outlook of the AFC has changed drastically. It is still not a good-looking playoff picture for the Bills. But you look at the teams in front of them, and it's Cincinnati, who already has lost this week. They're five and five. The Raiders, who I don't necessarily think are, like, legit – and then the Colts, who once again, I don't know. I don't think they're that legit. And then you get to the actual teams in the playoffs, like Houston. Really like Houston. Love CJ Stroud. But to me, it feels like that might be a year too early. Like they're well, let me let me say this, and I haven't verified this, but it sounds right. I read someone last night who said if the Bills beat the Jets and the Cardinals, and I get I get that, that you know there's not as much of a chance for this, but you never know. If the Bills win and the Cardinals beat the Texans, the Bills are actually back in the seventh seed. After this week, yeah, that's I mean, interesting. it's crazy at only six and five. Now, one of the differences is the Bills have played an extra game, so they would have, but that extra game was a loss, really. They already have five losses where most teams have three, they can't even get past you know, Cleveland at six seed right now only has three losses, so you're, you're chasing a lot of people more near the top. But Cleveland is an interesting case because of Deshaun Watson and because they play Pittsburgh this week. Here's what you got to do Th this is now okay, let's play, do the math. Who do you root for? Who do you think? Bills fans should want to win in the Cleveland Pittsburgh game. I can look up the analytics and tell. No, you. I do not want you to do that. I want you to tell me because I don't know. Cleveland I, Pittsburgh. You root yes. for Cleveland, right? I agree with you because isn't this about who would have the better shot at the end of the year of getting of being there, and then so root against that team? And because mm -hmm. Pittsburgh just finds ways to win. I don't have as much faith in Cleveland with Dorian Thompson Robinson playing quarterback. So let them beat Pittsburgh, give them a loss. Cause I think Cleveland will falter anyway towards the end. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It kind of says, so I, I did look up the analytics. Just yeah, to see. And it's, it's basically just like a pickup. It doesn't really matter, right. but this was done before the Deshaun Watson injury. So given yeah. that I would say you root for Cleveland because then it's another loss for Pittsburgh. And then you think that they'll regress a little bit because of, 
you know, their quarterback situation. And just because that's the thing, the bills have dug themselves in such an unnecessary hole here. And that goes back to the whole Joe Brady, Ken Dorsey thing. If you were going to make this move, which we've talked about extensively, I think you should have done it a couple of weeks ago. And I know that they were trying to figure things out and it's not something they take lightly, but if the bills were six and four right now, I think the outlook for the entire rest of the season looks drastically different than it does at five and five. And I do think there is something to be said about when you make a move like this, I think it sends a little bit of a jolt. Like I think if they made this move after the Bengals game, they beat the Broncos and offensively they're better. We have no idea of knowing that we we have no idea. I mean, they could come out and lose to the jets and then you're Mm -hmm. like, well, that's completely wrong. But I, I just think that it's, a little bit too late, even though they in their heads think that they absolutely still have a chance. It is hard to look at the schedule that they have left and say, oh, yeah, there's five wins that they can get. Because it's like, OK, even if you beat the Jets, the Chargers and the Patriots, then you have to somehow figure out how to beat either the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Cowboys. Um, who else am I forgetting? The Chargers, like Dolphins, Dolphins, like it, it's not. It's not easy by any stretch. No, no. So before we wrap up here, we should at least touch on, you know, hearing from Joe Brady for the first time. What were your impressions down at one bill's drive of uh, Joe Brady's first press conference as the interim OC? Can I like wildly generalize? And this is just kind of like a feel thing. It's not something. You you can, because I do it every day on the radio and you'll probably say the same (laughs) thing I've been saying. So go right ahead. I think you might be good at this. Oh, okay. Well, that what I don't know about that. What I what I say is, you can tell the difference in personality, and I sure. think that's a reason for this happening. And there's never one right way to coach. I say that all the time. It's not. It's not. You're a bad coach because your personality is, is this. That's not what it is. I think this particular group, this group of people, needed an infusion of a more energetic, positive, upbeat personality than what Ken Dorsey was, and it was permeating. And you can you totally got that. I don't know if they'll be good at it. But I think that part of it, at least he checked the box. Yeah, I liked his line about the smoke detectors and the fire. It's like you don't wait for the fire to start to check the smoke detectors because like, I think that that is really relevant to how the Bills offense has looked at times this year. And it's like you wait for something bad to happen. And then after the game, you try and adjust it and not during the game. And that's why you put yourself in bad positions. I also think that just in theory, he's a younger guy who won a national championship with LSU not that long ago, you would imagine that he has some fresh, interesting perspective on how an NFL offense is supposed to look now as opposed to what some coaches believe it's supposed to look like. And then now we need to see what's the tug of war like. Like, does Joe Brady want a lot of balance? Does he want to just have three wide receiver sets and do 11 personnel and just say, we're going to stretch this field, stretch this ball all over the field and screw running? Like, I guess we got to have to see kind of how that happens. Huge test for him this week. I think his test this week, though, is to just make sure that they don't make the mistakes. Right, I mean, right. That, like, yeah, that's it. It's almost like you don't need style points this week. No, you don't need style points this week. It's like learning how to swim this week in the shallow yeah. end of the pool. It's like we'll get to the deep ends in a couple days. But right now, let's make sure we stay afloat in the shallow end. Let's make sure we don't even get over to that deep end. And hopefully everything is under control. Yeah, like 16, 12 is fine this week if that's what that takes, right? I mean, well, yeah. whatever that is. I mean, yeah. just, I mean how, if that's what how, it takes, that's what it takes. How about 20? How about, yeah, right. How about I, get it. I get it. I know. It would be nice to see that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I like the energy he brings. Um, 
And I think that um, the, 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 the team personality, like I said, wise will respond to it, but we'll see, you know, what it means for the bills, bills, jets, 425 PM. You ready for these uh, 425 games coming up? We got 425 home, 425 away by week, 425 away, 425 home, and then primetime in LA at eight o'clock. So here we go. No more primetime for a while. You got one in about a month, but mm-hmm. you do have these 425 games. I like 425 games. I love 425 games at home. 425 games on the road are tough because I feel like it's like, what are you? Because with travel and with everything else going on, I would just rather have either the full primetime or the one o'clock game, but 425 games, at, excuse me, at home, I love. I, I think they're. I think it's awesome. All right, Matt Bove over at WKBW TV Channel 7. Sal Capaccio, WGR Sports Radio 550. Mike Robbie is our producer. It's always game day in Buffalo. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and, of course, on the Sal Sports YouTube page. Thanks for being with us, and thank you very much to Paul Boy Green. He's great, He's great, isn't he? He's great. Yeah, he's I love awesome. Paul. He's great. He brought, he's great. The, so we, he brought the energy. I needed it. He brought morning. the energy. Like, like Joe Brady, hopefully, he's going to bring the energy for the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk to you next time.